0: Good morning, church family and ministry friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to our online internet around the world church service. And I'm so glad that you are here today. God's word is going to empower you to do all that he's called you to do. And even more importantly, God's word is going to empower you to be the person that God has called you to be. Woo! Praise God. Amen. Now, today, before we jump into today's message, let's first receive the tithes and the offerings. And many of you love this scripture, and it's one of my favorite verses in the Bible, Uh, Psalm 115, verse 14. And the Lord actually gave this scripture to Pastor Kelly concerning uh, our ministry partners, church members, and uh, anybody connecting with it in the spirit, that this is a verse that God is emphasizing this year. May the Lord give you increase more and more, you and your children. So not only does God want to give you increase, because if he said that alone, that would be good enough, but he continues as he so often does. He wants to give increase more and more. And as we teach our children the ways of God, the principles of God, they also come into the walk of the blessing. Praise God. But my friends increase is not just automatic. It is based upon our obedience of God's word. And we see in Deuteronomy chapter eight, verse 18, and you shall remember the Lord, your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth. Now, growing up as a young boy in church, All of my early life, I heard that wealth was wrong. Uh, uh, Wealth was portrayed as something that would lead you away from God. Uh, But that's because we did not have scriptural illumination coming to our understanding. The pastor didn't understand it. Many of you have heard my testimony. The pastor, his name was Pastor Rich. But he was very, very poor. Wore out clothes. Had to wear the same suit. It seemed like almost every Sunday. And of course, I never heard him once preach on Deuteronomy chapter eight, verse 18, but God does give the power to get wealth. So if it were bad, God would not give it to us, but there's power to get wealth that he may establish his covenant, which you swore to your fathers as it is this day. So it's very important to know that increase, which is the, the working of the power to get wealth is based on a covenant platform. And I've said this many times, and I know for some, you've got it, but others, it still hasn't quite clicked like a, like the safe, but the lock of a safe for all three uh, chambers, they have to line up so that it will open and unlock. You do need to understand that wealth is in the eyes of God. Now you can get wealth other ways. You can play the world system. You will be asked and forced to comp- compromise along the line And, uh, and there's a world of mess in that. So we're talking about righteous wealth done right. Well, you can sleep good at night and you are making a contribution. You're not defrauding somebody. You're not, uh, promoting a product that's killing people. We see a lot of that today. (laughs) Woo. Praise the Lord. But my friends, God will give you the wealth, but it's based on the platform of the covenant. And what is a covenant? It's a deal between two people, and that would be a deal between you and God. It's a contract between you and God. Every contract or every deal is based on well-defined terms. And God basically says, when you meet the terms and conditions of the covenant, which which is based around giving, it's based around tithing, it's based around doing what God said to do with your finances, when God sees that you're obedient, And that you're doing it with a good heart. What happens is that then God becomes obligated to watch over his word and perform it. And that's when the covenant platform begins to kick in in your life. It's rooted around Genesis chapter 8 verse 22, which talks about seed time and harvest, how that is eternal in a sense. Seed time and harvest will never cease. It will always be ongoing. And, of course, it's anchored in the faith act of tithing. Praise the Lord. Now, when you tithe, which is 10% of your income, 10% of your increase, the tithe, which is 10%, belongs to God. I do sometimes uh, see, and I've even had people tell me, that they take their tithe and they give it to the poor. Offerings are for the poor. The tithe is where your spiritual storehouse is at. And let me say a warning. If you're giving the tithe to the poor, be careful. You might end up joining them because the tithe in Scripture always goes up. Abraham Tithe to who Melchizedek, who was the high priest. He didn't take the tithe and start giving it to the poor people. You can do good. As Jesus said to the poor, any time you want, you can give an offering to the poor. You can buy him a cheeseburger. You could, uh, maybe help them get into a sobriety class, uh, class, get off drugs or whatever the case might be. But the tithe goes into the storehouse of the Lord. Praise God. And as we walk in the illumination of God's word. I tell you what, that covenant is very, very stable and it will keep you no matter what type of strange economic cycles take place within the earth, whether there's wars or whether there's recessions, you'll just keep climbing. You'll keep having literally more and more. Why? The covenant is superior to any earthly natural climate. It's totally superior to it, Mm -mm. which is why I would encourage you to get in on it. Why? Because a covenant was usually made between two people or two parties, two groups. And one, let's say they're a warrior tribe and nobody could beat them in battle. But maybe you are an agricultural tribe and you're really good at growing corn. Well, what do you do? You team up together. (laughs) You say, let's make a covenant, a deal, and we're going to help you guys with the food. And if any big bad guys ever show up, you've got us covered. And so you both are now in a mutual agreement together and you're now you're, you're pulling together. So you know who the strong one is in this covenant. It's God who has endless source of supply that lives in a realm where the streets are paved with pure gold. And my friends, He never runs dry, never has, never will. I highly encourage you. If you have not, you need to get on the covenant platform because things in the world, as far as an economic view, they're going to get tougher and tougher and tougher. But you can still keep going higher and higher and higher, and you will not feel the heat that's going to come on all of those outside of the covenant. Praise the Lord. Glory, glory to God. Now, honor the Lord with your tithe. And as the Holy Spirit touches your heart, sow seed. An offering is anything above the tithe. Praise God. Now, if you're going to mail in your tithe, your offerings, please send them to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 717, Moravian Falls, North Carolina, 28654. Do it with faith. Do it with joy. I tell you, for my wife and I, uh, one of the happiest things is for us and, and for the ministry is just to always continually keep the tithe. It's getting higher and higher. Why? Because we're growing. We're growing personally. The ministry's growing more and more. And it is such a joy, amen, to send out an ever-increasing tithe. Praise God. Now, for those of you that prefer to bring your tithe and your offerings in online, please visit StephenBrooks.org. that's the home page of our ministry website, and look up top, you'll see the header that says, Give Online. Click that, and it'll say, Tithes and Offerings. It'll also say, PayPal, if you want to give by PayPal. You don't have to have a PayPal account, because PayPal will accept any type of, you know, credit card, ATM card, or anything, but you just take your pick. The one above it says tithes and offerings, so you can click that, takes you to the giving page. It says fund, F-U-N-D, click that little drop-down menu, there you go, praise the Lord, and you can bring your tithe, your offering in, anywhere in the world, and you can be a covenant practitioner, and you will know the reality of Psalm 115, verse 17, the Lord is giving increase to you more And more. Praise God. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Give now joyfully as you obey the Lord in your giving. Heavenly Father, I pray you bless your people. I thank you, O God, that they are going to taste the more and more of this year. That even already in the month of February and uh, as we continue, uh, we've passed January, but February, March, April, they're going to see things breaking forth. They're going to see good things taking place. I thank you that you are moving in their lives. I thank you that you are a covenant keeping God and that your covenant is working in their lives. I thank you not, for not only wealth, but protected wealth, protected assets, and a stronghold around their finances. Father, we give you all of the praise. Thank you. Bless your people in Jesus' name. Amen. I tell you, it is a joy and an honor to participate in God's economic kingdom. Woo! It is very, very exciting. Praise the Lord. And you know, we, we all play our part. We all do our part. Praise God. Glory to God. And God is a great rewarder. A great rewarder. Praise the Lord. Now, take your Bibles and go with me today over to the Gospel of Luke. Chapter 17, I want to talk about the marvel of Thanksgiving. I also want to share with you something that the Lord told me. You know God talks. (laughs) It's amazing how much idolatry there is still in the world today. Where people actually worship still rocks and stones and carved out statues, carved out of wood and stone. The statue can't talk, can't do anything. Yet they still bow down to it. But yet God is the only true and living God, and He talks. Woo! Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Father, as we jump into Your Word today to study Your Word, we pray that wisdom and revelation would be flowing into the very eyes of our understanding. Now, Father, we thank You that Your Word has the ability to break anybody out of normalcy and take them to the very top of the mountain which is where you have already destined them to be. And I thank you that your word, that illuminated path is going to get them there. Father, as we today talk about a key element of arriving at the top of Zion, I just praise you father, because I believe your people will catch the revelation of the marvel of Thanksgiving. We give you all of the praise. Thank you for helping us along the way in Jesus name. We pray and say Amen. Now, verse eleven. Let's read through this beautiful story. Now, what happened as he went to Jerusalem? That he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then, as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off. Well, the lepers are obeying the law. They are. Following the Levitical requirement to stand back a certain distance, because why? They're contagious, and you cannot take a person that's contagious. In other words, you have something that's bad that can spread, uh, because then you're going to have an epidemic break out, and it's, it could affect everybody. So they are required to stand off afar. Well, Pastor Stephen, what if they have you know their family members? What if brothers or sisters, their mom or dad? Uh, They can only come within the parents or relatives can only come a certain distance within them because usually they're going to be in a leper colony, a leper type camp. Uh, But family members could stand back and just talk from a long distance off. Wow. So what would happen if nothing took place to bring healing? You would live your rest of your life out like that and die. And it was very difficult because of the isolation and of course the pain, the Humiliation of being separated from society and all of that as well. So they're standing afar off, ten of them, and they lifted up their voices and said, "Jesus, Master, have mercy on us." Well, they obviously have heard the reports. It's going through every camp, Pepper camp, uh, the the uh, just anybody's house. Everybody knows about Jesus, and how does faith come? It comes by hearing. Hearing what? the Word of God, or hearing God talk. And so they're hearing all of these miracles that have been taking place in the ministry of Jesus. And I'm sure, I'm sure they're quite interested in all of the testimonies they have heard about lepers who have been healed. Well, here's ten of them all together. They probably all ten have heard that. And there is an individual faith that comes alive when you hear the Word of God because it builds faith but I tell you corporate faith has a way of multiplying that intensity and they all caught it and they, they, they're lifting up their voices and they said, Jesus master have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priest. Well, let's stop just for a moment. The nine gifts of the spirit are mentioned in first Corinthians chapter 12. Now, what gift here? is in operation. When Jesus said, go show yourselves to the priest out of the nine gifts of the spirit, which one is in operation? Think on your answer while I get a drink of hot tea real quick. Praise God. If you said word of wisdom, you are correct. What is the word of wisdom? It is a supernatural manifestation of the wisdom of God, not all of it because you can't handle all of it, but it's like a word of it, maybe a sentence, maybe one statement like this, go show yourselves to the priest. Wisdom will always carry an instruction. And if you ever, ever get a word of wisdom from the Holy Spirit, and I've gotten them before, but if you ever, ever get a word of wisdom from the Holy Spirit and you obey it, it will work every single day time. As long as you do it, if you do it, it will work. It's 100% perfect because God spoke it and it will always work. So word of wisdom, it's very easy, isn't it? Go show yourselves to the priest. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. So we do see faith in these men initially that they believe that the Lord could do something about their situation. And then when Jesus gives, and of course, Jesus got that from the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit would have revealed that to him and he just repeats it to the men. Well, they actually obey. Now it could be possible that you know, that they would have thought, well, what will we go to the temple for and show ourselves to the priests? We're infected. We're just going to get in big trouble. But no, they knew, they knew something of God's power is going on and this is the process. So they went and I love the scripture. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. Praise God. They were cleansed. Now, not all healings are instantaneous. Miracles are more instantaneous, but healings, they, in my own ministry, while some people can get healed immediately when I pray for them, it seems to me that most of the people that I pray for, the healing usually will fully manifest within two hours. Now, if I'm praying for like, maybe like a deaf person, and we're talking like more of a miracle or if I'm, t- if I'm praying for somebody that has a physical deformity and God fixes it right there on the spot, or the deaf ear pops open right there on the spot, and I've seen God do that multiple times, then that's more of the instantaneous, miraculous element of God's power. But healing, if somebody says, Pastor Stephen, I've got this wrong with my body, and I'll pray healing for them, usually within two hours they've got it. I've had quite a few, though, that didn't get it until they woke up the next morning and realized that every single symptom was gone. Woo. Praise the Lord. It's very interesting how God works. So these 10 were healed as they went. Praise the Lord. You know, one time I had a visitation from Jesus. When I, when my wife and I, we were traveling full time in the motorhome ministry. We parked we parked next to the Santa Ana River in California, Southern California, close to Riverside. And we were staying there for a few days and I was getting ready for a big conference. And one of those mornings, like a few days before the big conference, one of those mornings, uh, Jesus came to me and he talked to me about the healing anointing. And I was quite excited to see him because I, I had a lot of questions in this area because he had given me a healing anointing and people were getting healed, but I didn't really understand how this was working. So he explained it to me and he used different examples. Here's one of the things he and I talked about. And this was a face-to-face encounter through a vision with Jesus Christ, the head of the church. And he said, he said do you remember the time that you had strep throat?" I said yes because it felt like my throat was on fire, so much pain. He said, "So, do you remember when you had strep throat?" I said yes. And he said, "You went and got an antibiotic, you got a shot of penicillin." I said, "Yes, I remember that." He said, "Now, how long did it take before the penicillin dealt with that and you were totally fine?" I said, "It only took 30 minutes." It only took 30 minutes. He said, now my anointing works in a very similar way. When you lay hands on the people and my healing power goes into their body, because you're the vessel that I work through. And of course, he's just talking to me personally. He works through many vessels, but he was saying, when I flow my power through you and my anointing, healing anointing goes into their body, the moment it goes in, that's when they're technically healed. That's actually when they're healed. And I'm kind of expanding our conversation a little bit. But Jesus said that's when they're they're healed and the manifestation comes shortly thereafter. So he said if he was trying to explain to me that if you pray for them and they don't see an immediate result, that doesn't mean that they didn't get it. See, just like the, let me say it like this. The moment I got that shot from the doctor of penicillin, my throat was still on fire. Fifteen minutes later, my throat was still on fire. Thirty minutes later, total peace. Total, complete tranquility. And I've never had strep throat ever again. And I've been totally fine ever since then. But, oh, what a relief to have it end. So, thirty minutes later, I was totally fine. When, though, did I get healed? When I got that shot. So, when the anointing goes in, that is your moment of contact where you release your faith and you take your healing. And when you connect with God's power, it's working, it's working. You just thank God for it. And whether it's two hours later or maybe the next morning, that anointing will do its job and drive that sickness and disease out of the person's body. Woo. Praise God. So they were healed as they went on a word and they went on a word of wisdom And uh, so they're cleansed. Verse 15. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God. So he saw he's at a point now where they've walked and they realize, wow, hey, it's done. It's all dried up. It's all gone. Skin's back to normal. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned. Now, I don't know how far he had walked before, you know, they realize, Hey, it's this is done, but he he's going to come all the way back. So maybe walk two miles or three miles, but he's going to walk it all the way back. And we see here that with a loud voice, he's going to glorify God and fell down on his face at his feet, doing what giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. Wow. Well, of course, the Jews had a big uh, Rift with the Samaritans, a lot of misunderstandings, and that came from the original split of the northern kingdom from the southern kingdom, and the northern ten tribes went off into re- rebellion, and because true worship was established by, by God to only be done. Under the Old Old Testament, Old Covenant system, you could only do it in Jerusalem. Well, uh, when the northern ten tribes took off on their own, uh, they can't come back to Jerusalem to worship anymore. Why? There's a split. And so they established their own place of worship, and thus you end up with a group of Samaritans. Praise the Lord. But it's one of them that comes back. How about that? Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Well, he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Now, my friends, notice that only one came back while all of them were healed. Now, it's not that the other nine weren't healed, but Jesus did notice. Take note. He did notice that the others did not come back. To offer thanks. Now they did, they still got their healing. Okay. But he did notice that there was no thanksgiving given on the other part and they were the covenant people. Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God, except this foreigner. And he said to him, arise because he's on the ground, worshiping the Lord. He's on the ground, thanking him arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Now, if you dig into that word, well, the word that is used here is better translated as whole. Now, the King James Version uses the word whole. Some of the older translations do as well. And what, what took place is that when he came back, I believe he went from a position of being healed to where now he has been made whole. So maybe the leprosy ate a little bit of his finger away. Well, he's now whole. That's not, you know, he's, he's, he's good to go now. Maybe a fingernail was falling off. Well, it's back. Everything's good to go. And that's really what that word would convey more of an absolute complete wholeness. Praise the Lord. And so you could be looking very well at creative miracles that took place. And there is something about thanksgiving that is very unusual, that it's able to bring forth fully. The blessing that God intends you, uh, intends for you to have praise God. Now I want to share something interesting. About two months ago, I had a little talk with the Lord, just personal, something private, me and the Lord. I was just having a little talk with the Lord and I lifted up a request to the Lord that I felt in my heart was righteous. I felt it was good. I felt that it would honor God. And so I asked God to To do it. And uh and I said, Well, Lord, I believe that you can do this. Now, I stepped back from that prayer request and kind of looked at what I had asked God to do, and I examined this thing from all kinds of different angles. (laughs) And no matter how I looked at it, I was left with the conclusion, I could never make this happen. Really, only God can do this. And even though I had like asked God to do it. The more I looked at it, uh, and the thing also is that I've got my faith on all kinds of ministry projects. I've got my faith on the expansion of the television ministry. I've got my faith on wanting to build out on the 15 acres. I've got my faith like full out online on these projects. So on this, you know, personal thing that I'd brought before the Lord, when I, uh, I kind of like asked him for it. But then when I stood back and looked at it, I said, Lord, it's impossible. (laughs) There's no way it could even like ever naturally possibly work out. And I'm so busy focused on these other things. I don't even know if I really have any energy to use faith. I just put the whole thing in your hand. (laughs) And I I almost just like kind of totally forgot about it. Why? I'm too focused on other stuff. And this thing is way above my ability to make it happen. So I just kind of like walked away from it and never even brought it back. Again, to the Lord's attention. Praise God. But my friends, I stand before you right now. I need to let you know something very sweet. The Lord swooped into my life and He did it. (laughs) Kind of like real smooth like. I want everybody to understand that sometimes when miracles happen, they're not dramatic, there's not fireworks going off. There's not angels clanging on cymbals, and there's not like movie cameras trying to. It's just not always. It's, sometimes when a miracle happens, it's so smooth that you could almost take for granted the miraculous nature of it, and start, and you could almost like think, well, maybe it just somehow worked out. Maybe, maybe uh, it just lifted off. Up, you have to be very, very careful with things like that. One time I had a, a man pray. Uh, well, he wanted me to pray for him. I said, what's wrong? He said, I have a, a, a hernia. He said, the doctor has diagnosed it. He's got it on the x-ray. You can see the hernia. And, uh, you know, I can't lift things. I, 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 Please pray that Jesus would heal me. I said, okay. And I prayed for him. And he was not like by any means what you'd call a dedicated Christian. He's very like wishy-washy Christian. But I prayed for him and God healed him because I could tell God's healing power, when I put my hand on him, went into his body. I said, my friend, I said, I know God got you. You're healed. That hernia is gone. So, I saw him only a few days later. He's walking around all fine and looking healthy. I said, hey, how you doing? He said, I'm doing good. I said, you look like you're pain-free, doing really well. He said, yeah. He said, I went back to the doctor, and I, I went for, you know, to be examined again. And the doctor said, hmm, he said, hmm, he said, I'm not seeing that hernia anywhere. He said, "Um," he said, I probably misdiagnosed you. That must have been a piece of fatty tissue or something like that that I mistook on the, uh, you know, these tests that we ran. And so the man, the man told me, he said, Pastor Stephen, the doctor said I didn't have a hernia. I said, oh, brother, I said, if he's true, he just admitted to malpractice. (laughs) Can you imagine if he'd have done surgery on you? (laughs) <laughs> I said, no, brother. I said, he did not misdiagnose you. God healed you of the hernia. It's not there anymore. And you know what? He didn't believe it. He didn't believe it. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about this in just a little bit. But it's very, very dangerous to not give God the thanksgiving that's due to him. Praise the Lord. But, my friends, back to my story, my happy story. God swooped in and did this thing that two months back, I thought, Lord, it would be so cool that I would really like to see this happen. I would really like to do this, but I I, I can't. And God swooped in, and he did it. And it was so smooth. It was so easy. It was just like, wow. Okay, now watch this. Yesterday morning, I got up real early in prayer, like I tried to do normally every day. Got up real early in prayer. So I'm sitting there. You know, it's dark, hours before the sun comes up. I'm sitting in there uh, in my, you know, my Jesus room, in my prayer place, just hanging out with the Lord. And the Lord spoke. And He said, there it is. And I knew, I could see it. It's like, I, He opened it up, I saw a vision. Now, the thing that God blessed me with was sitting downstairs. And I haven't done with it yet what I'm going to do with it, but it was, it was sitting downstairs. And He said, He said, there it is. And I could, like, see that sitting there. I said, Lord. I said, you did it, didn't you? I said, Lord, you absolutely did it. I said, there is no way that ever would have happened unless you had done it. Now, it just happened. It had just happened uh, the day before. So, I was just still, like, kind of, like, just caught up, like, in this thing. Like, he did it. (laughs) He actually did it. So, the Lord that morning said, there it is. And I and now I'm telling you this because you're going to have this year moments where there it is. And I want to tell you how to respond. For the next hour, I just stayed there and said, Jesus, thank you. Oh, God, my Father, Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit. Oh, God, I thank you that you did it, that you did it. Woo! Still hard to believe, but there it is. Lord, thank you. Hallelujah. And for one one hour, nothing but solid thanksgiving. Praise the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory. When God does something for you, thank Him. Now, I want to ask a very valid question. Why is it difficult to thank Him when in this true story here, out of Luke chapter 17, only one out of ten did. Why is it so hard? And let me also say this, the percentage has not changed one bit. It's been almost 2,000 years since this happened, and that one out of ten, that has not changed. It's still it's still the same ratio. Now, I'm, I'm going to try to lift it up. Maybe we could get like 20, percent out of a 100, or 2 out of 10, but this comes down to an individual responsibility to thank the Lord. Praise God. And I believe that there's different reasons why we don't thank Him, but here's the main thing. When we see that God has done it, we have a temptation to move immediately on to the next prayer request or the next subject matter, or the next target. And, it, and and what happens, you just keep going from one thing to another, one thing to another, but you don't thank God for the great thing that He has done, whether it's big, or whether it's small. But you have to stop and celebrate every victory that God gives you, and thank Him for it. Woo, praise God. You know, I don't know what the other nine did. I don't know why they didn't come back and thank the Lord. Maybe they just went ahead and moved right on to their next prayer request, thinking, hey, God answered that prayer. Let's ask you for another one. Hey, guys, we all need a job. We haven't worked in so long. Let us now ask God for a job. And without even thanking God for a great miracle of being healed from leprosy they're already on to the next prayer request you know what guys we're really wearing some raggedy clothes and you know we haven't been able to go shopping or anything but now that we're healed we also need some clothes let's now also pray and ask god for clothes well how about this how about we we just stop for a moment and thank him for what he has done can we live in the now and thank God in the now without somehow trying to now grab the next thing that so now overwhelms the current focus or the current blessing that we're back. We're back now in the living in the future again. Now we're after this Now Stop and thank the Lord. Praise God. Now it is true that Thanksgiving is one of the kingdom mysteries. When we give God thanks. For what he has done, then incomplete blessings become completed. And I believe that if the other nine would have come back, they could have had what we would call the icing on the cake also. Thanksgiving really does make you whole. Woo, praise the Lord. Thanksgiving qualifies you for more. To be thankless is to be frustrated. Frustrated. It's to be continually agitated because you never closed out that current blessing the proper way by stopping and thanking God. You've already raced onto the next thing. And now you're agitated and worked up because you don't have it yet. And you got to learn to slow down, calm down and thank God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You know, when I pray over my food, whether I'm in a restaurant or whether I'm at home in private, when I pray over my food, I'm not just in a sense sanctifying it because maybe, you know, the cook sneezed on it or something like that. No, uh, of course there is that blessing of, of, you know, sanctifying your food when you pray over it. But I'm also thanking God for it. Lord, thank you for this meal that I didn't have to go out and hunt down and chase down and spend three hours cleaning it and then cooking it that I could just Cook the thing three minutes in the microwave or have a nice 30-minute meal in the restaurant and walk out and be done with it. Lord, thank you for this wonderful meal. Sure does taste good. Mm -mm. Pastor Stephen, why should we pray over our food? To thank God for it. Mm. Praise the Lord. Even on the ship where Paul was sailing with those men, And they were being driven by the storm, floating around out there in the Mediterranean, like on an endless roller coaster. And they ate no food for 14 days. And then Paul prayed, and they were all going to have a small meal. They needed some strength because they're about to do some swimming. And Paul prayed over the food. And blessed it. Woo! In front of everybody, in front of the unbelieving heathen, prayed over the food. Well, Pastor Steve, but I'm 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 embarrassed to pray for my food in a public restaurant. Well, maybe you should go hungry for a while. Until you got so hungry that God gives you some food, and then you'd pray over it in Thanksgiving. God, thank you for this meal. Who cares what people think that I <laughs> stopped to pray for my food? <laughs> Woo, praise the Lord. Mm-mm. Look at this in Psalm 92. Psalm 92, verse 1. It is good to give thanks to the Lord. See, my friends, it's good to do that. And to sing praises to your name almost high. Praise always follows thanksgiving. If you become a person that will thank God, yes, for the big things, yeah, but there's people that don't even thank you for the big things, like the nine out of the ten. They did not even thank God for the big thing. But if you thank thanking for the big things and you'll thank you for the big thing, excuse me, the small things, it translates and starts turning in the praise. And when you start praising the Lord, he'll fight your battles. <laughs> Woo, praise God. Mm-mm. Thank you, Jesus. Count your blessings, not your troubles. Thank you, Lord. When you do that, God will keep showering you more and more with good things in your life. What is Thanksgiving, by the way? It is acknowledging God as the one doing good things in our lives. That's why I wanted to just stop and thank the Lord. When when the Lord said, there it is, I just stopped and for a whole hour acknowledged that God was the one that Swept that and brought that into my life. Never, ever could have done that on my own. Woo! Praise the Lord. That's what Thanksgiving is. Give thanks to the Lord for where you're at right now, currently. Every prayer God answers, and this is very important. Please listen carefully. Every prayer God answers should not be exchanged for another prayer request. Rather, it should be exchanged. Thanksgiving. Well, God answered that one. I'm going to throw another one up there. Hold on. Hold on. He did answer that. And before we start trying to turn God into a Santa Claus, because it doesn't work like that. Anyhow, let's just stop and thank him for this beautiful thing that he's done. Mm-mm. Praise the Lord. Glory, glory to God. I want to say it one more time. Every prayer God answers should not be exchanged for another prayer request. Rather, it should be exchanged for Thanksgiving. Praise God. Thanksgiving guarantees your way forward. When you're thankful, you'll find out that you just keep changing from one level to another, going higher and higher and higher. And I believe in my heart that God has heard your prayers and he has even noted it your special sacrificial offerings. Now it's time to thank him. Thank him before you ever even see it. And let your thanksgiving never run dry. The Lord's speaking to me right now that there's somebody, you're going to be a homeowner, and you don't even know how. You could even make it work out financially on paper. You're thinking, Pastor Stephen, I can never come up with a deposit down payment. I don't have that. Just don't worry about that. Just thank God, because it caught some of you that are listening, because maybe you're living in an apartment, or maybe you're renting a home, or maybe you're somewhere where you're leasing, but you want to own your own home. As you thank God for it, He's going to give you your very own home that you can call your own. Praise God. You know, some years back, there was a beautiful home for sale on top of a hill and uh, it was the home was built by a very, very wealthy man. Matter of fact, when he built the home in the subdivision, he didn't just buy that lot. He bought all of the other lots around it. And so it, it was a beautiful home in its day. It was uh, a husband and a wife, and they had one daughter. And the home went for sale some years back. And my wife and I went to look at it, and just the home felt so Sweet. It was just like the sweetest home. You could see the daughter's room, and uh, it was just and it was, of course, very nice because at the time it was built, it was built at the highest standards. But I just thought this is such a sweet, beautiful home. But you know what? I just I, at that time I couldn't pull the money together, and uh, so while my wife and I loved it, we couldn't do anything about it. But guess who lives there today? <laughs> <laughs> you got it. <laughs> got the the time, when the timing was right and the price had gone way way lower. We stepped in there and made an offer. They accepted it and we now own the home. And over the years since we've had it, by God's grace, we've been able to remodel it, update it, update electrical, update all the plumbing, uh, and do a, Just do some fun things with it. God God knows. Listen to me. God knows what you like just thank him because he is going to release such blessings upon your life. And when he does stop and thank him some more. <laughs> oh, praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. When you're thankful, you keep changing levels. You keep changing levels. Hmm. Praise God. When you're not thankful, God does take note of that. Just like Jesus was saying, hey, where are the other nine? How come there's only one? And he's not a Jew. In other words, he's not a covenant person that should know better. Uh, the, 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 the other nine should know better. They should be back here giving some thanksgiving. But they're not. So the other one got the full blessing. Mm-mm. When you're not thankful, God takes note of it. And this is this is risky. When God does great things in your life and you don't thank him, you somehow get on a slippery slope where you can be taken into captivity. You know, some years back, my wife and I, we would uh, from time to time go speak at this church, a very good church. The pastor always treated us really nice. But I was there one time and the pastor, he shared with me that he had really fallen behind on his mortgage. And he had some, he had made some bad decisions and some things hurt him. So he'd gotten behind so much on his mortgage that the bank said, we're going to have to repossess the home. So just get ready for that. And he did a fast. He was going to do a 40 day water fast. And he happened to be there. I mean, my wife and I were there ministry in his church when he was on day 30. When we got the day 33 and uh, he was on the day 33 drinking nothing but water. And he had energy like a, like the energizer bunny, the battery guy. I mean, he was just, moving everywhere, and, which was amazing to me because God's grace was all over his fast. But he was fasting, seeking God for a way out. And uh, Lord help, you know, do something. To get me out of this mess. They're going to repossess the home. And not only that, I'm behind on the payments. <clears throat> and he, he got to day 33, and the, the Lord spoke to my wife and said, tell him, tell the pastor he can come off his fast now. I've heard his prayers, and uh, I'm going to help him. So, my wife told the pastor that, and he ended his fast on day thirty three and uh it was just right after that he let me know that there was another bank that gave him a loan for hundred thousand dollars, and with that hundred thousand dollars, he was instructed by this bank go pay off your 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 past uh debt in, in other words, you're behind by this many months, go pay that off, get current and use the other money to upgrade the home and make it nicer to increase its value and gave him a very good interest rate and everything. Now, when he got that loan, he never stopped and thanked God for it. Please listen carefully to me. When God got him out of that mess and gave him the money, now he's going to have to pay that back, but at least he's got breathing room He can get everything caught up. Uh, He can handle it. He can make the payment. So everything's good. God did an absolute miracle for him, but he never thanked it. He never thanked God for it. He called me on the phone and he said, you know what I'm going to do with the money? I said, I don't know, but I said, I hope you're going to do with it. What you signed with the bank that you would do with it, that you're going to get the past payments caught up and you're going to make the improvements and remodel the kitchen like they asked you to do. And like you signed on the paper that you would do. He goes, oh, no, no, no. I've got a better idea. He said, I've got a pastor that has given me a business opportunity to invest, and I'm going to take this $100,000, and I'm going to put it into that investment. Then I'm going to make a lot more money. I said, oh, I said, brother, I said, that's not right. I said, when you took that loan out, you took it out to pay off the back payments, and you, you, you told the bank this is what you would use the money for. You can't take it and do that. Oh, no, no, no. I'll be able to pay them back, too. I'm going to make a lot of money on this investment. And see, he had already moved on. He never even thanked God for getting him out of that hot water spot. He never thanked God once. He had already moved on and grabbed something else. And as you could probably imagine, the pastor that pulled him into this thing, they lost all. All the money he lost his one hundred thousand dollars. The pastors uh, who had that idea, and I knew what it was. I never thought it was good anyhow. Uh, that whole thing crumbled and collapsed. He lost all of his money also. But see now, now that pastor got his re- he got his home repossessed, and I never heard from him again. I don't. I don't know if like he recovered from that. Now I know in the Lord you could you could easily recover, but the way you would recover is number one repent. <laughs> <laughs> I think the hardest person to recover would be his wife. His wife loved that home and she was ecstatic that he had gotten the money and he took it and misused it. Mm-mm-mm. One of the greatest corruptors of Thanksgiving is pride. Woo! And pride connected with covetousness is extremely extremely dangerous. Oh, pastor, I'll make a whole bunch more money over here. Then I'll just pay all that off, man. You're, you're playing with fire and and he got burned. I don't even, I don't even think he's in the ministry anymore. Mm -mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Look what Jesus said in the gospel of Luke chapter 12, Luke chapter 12 and verse 15. Let me grab a drink of hot tea. Excuse me. And he said to them, take heed and beware of covetousness for one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. So covetousness is dangerous. Much of the time people are consumed with things they desire and they forget to thank God for what they already have. A wonderful spouse, uh, beautiful children, A good job, praise the Lord, good vehicles, hallelujah, living in a blessed location, and on and on and on. Don't count your your problems, count your blessings, and thank God for them. You know, the doings of God are marvelous in our eyes, so we must never trivialize them. Oh, that's God, though. That's easy for him to do. He does that stuff all the time. Oh, hold on a minute. That was something really special. He just did for Y-O-U. You should stop him and let him know how much you appreciate that. (laughs) Do not trivialize it. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Now, my friends, perhaps when you wake up some morning or maybe at night, or whenever it might be, because God's not restricted by when he can talk. But perhaps, let's say you're up in early in the morning, and God has done it for you, and God says, there it is. What is he wanting? He's wanting a response. Well, God, that's great. I'm sure that wasn't too hard for you to do. You're the one that creates galaxies and uh, star systems. That, that must have been really easy for you. No, 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 no. Thank him. Thank him. Mm-mm. By the way, as many of you know, I have a book called Supernatural Fragrance. And in that book, I list over 70 different fragrances. And there's many, many more, of course, that can manifest when the Holy Spirit moves. Sometimes, not all the time, it's a little more rare. But there is a fragrance called jasmine. And it smells just like the flower. It's the fragrance of jasmine. Whenever you smell that, it means it can mean a couple of things based on the context one it means you're a thankful person and god's noting that by allowing that fragrance of jasmine which is a deep dark purple color that fragrance to rise up okay or it could mean god wants some come on give it to him give him some thanksgiving praise the lord hallelujah glory when jesus was on the cross he said i thirst we should be thankful for what he did. Oh, well, Pastor Stephen, he loved us. You know, he just did that because that. No, 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 no. No, don't trivialize these type of things that are so sacred and holy. We can't even re- even really wrap our minds around them. Our only really response is just uh, thanking. And again, as you do, as you do, you're going to end up also getting into that praise. Woo, it's all good. It's all good. Now, this is important as well. Give thanks to God on time. When God does it, He doesn't want the thanksgiving two months later. Give thanks to God on time. Delayed thanksgiving is unacceptable to God. It's not enough that we give thanks to God. We must give God thanks on time, on time. My friends, you've got to move with the Spirit. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. You might just want to just get on your knees and lift your hands and say, Lord, I thank you. You did it. (laughs) Woo. Praise God. You know, I thank God for my wife. I remember what it was like being 27 years old and single. I, I, for several years wanted to get married. I I don't forget what that was like. I'm thankful for my wife. Woo. Praise God. Amen, Hallelujah! I'm thankful for my vehicle. I've walked on the side of the road. I think I think what's worse is the distance that you would have to walk is the road noise. It's like noise pollution of how loud things are next to a road. (laughs) Thank God for a car, (laughs) and especially a nice one that you enjoy that you could select and choose because God's been good to you. Lift your hands. Father, I pray for everybody watching and listening and taking this to heart that for the rest of their days on this planet, they will always be mindful of the area of thanksgiving for a raise, for a promotion, for a fully paid vacation, or whatever it might be. Father, let them be mindful of this, that they render thanks to you and thus acknowledge That this good thing coming into their life is coming directly from you. Now, Father, we thank you. Touch their hearts. Let this be sealed in their heart by your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father God, in Jesus' name. Lord, the numbers may always stay around one out of ten. But, Lord, it is my prayer that those that are listening, heeding what I'm saying, would at least always be in that 10%. And we thank you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You know, you might think, Pastor Steve, I want to be different. I want to have a uniqueness. Well, just thank God. (laughs) You're instantly in the one out of ten bracket. Mm -mm. Slow down and thank the Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. If you're watching today, and you made it this far, there must be something about God that's caught your heart. But maybe you don't know the Lord in a one-on-one saving relationship. I want to pray with you and lead you into a prayer where you can make your peace with God. Now, also, if you're watching and you used to maybe serve the Lord, maybe you were really in love with God at one point, but something happened where the enemy pulled you away, you were deceived, and you got off into areas you never thought you would be like the prodigal son come back today because God's pulling on the strings of your heart to come back right now. He will restore you and wash you clean whiter than snow. Come on back right now. Let us all pray together. Just say, Lord Jesus, I surrender my heart to you. I repent of all of my sins. Please forgive me. Wash me with your precious blood. Jesus, save me now. Write my name in your book of life and step into my life today and lead me and guide me from this day forward. In your name I pray. Amen. And he has heard that prayer and he welcomes you into his heart, into his kingdom. Praise God. I'm so glad you prayed that. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Now. Let us take holy communion. Grab some grape juice and some unleavened bread. Let's take communion together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the bread and the juice. And through this prayer, we set this apart now as being holy. Father, as we've received the Lord's flesh, we thank you for thankful hearts. That by your Spirit, who is always with us, We can be mindful of this. We can be alerted to this. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. When we get the front parking spot at the grocery store, we thank you. We thank you, Father God. For little things, big things, we give you praise and thanksgiving. Father, thank you for helping us to be mindful in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's receive the Lord's body. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. It is your Thanksgiving that makes your blessing complete. Maybe you got the blessing. You think, well, that's all there is to it ah, nah, until you put the Thanksgiving on there. I can guarantee you there's something yet still s- supposed to be in that blessing package. You won't get it without the Thanksgiving. I can guarantee you that I've seen it happen too many times. <laughs> you better be thanking the Lord. father, thank you for the blood of Jesus. Oh, we give you praise father. Thank you. Everything about you is good. Jesus. Thank you for hanging on that cross to be the, to be the atoning sacrifice that takes away our sins. We praise you forever. And we thank you now. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, father in Jesus name. Amen. Let's drink together. Praise the Lord. My friends, if you have any prayer requests, please send them to me. You can always send me your prayer requests. I can't respond to all of them, but I can pray over all of them, and I'm always careful to do that. Every prayer request that comes into the ministry is given to me. That doesn't mean I have the time to answer all of them or respond to all of them, but no, if you send it in, I'll get it. Contact at stephenbrooks.org. Contact the at symbol stephenbrooks.org. I'm praying for you. Hope you have a great week and things are breaking forth for you now. Go and be thankful.